0: Welcome to We Dig Plants on the Heritage Radio Network. We are broadcasting from two shipping containers in Bushwick, Brooklyn, located next to Roberta's Pizza at 261 Moore Street. And there is on top of this container a garden that produces food for this restaurant. I'm Carmen DeVito. And I'm Alice Marcus-Krieg. And we're the ladies of Groundworks, Inc. We design and build gardens in and around New York City, and then we dig plants every sunday don't <laughs> yes, we yes we do we and, dig plants and 3:30 we sunday <laughs> on sunday and our show wouldn't be possible without our sponsors And today's sponsor is Hearst Ranch, which is the nation's largest single-source supplier of free-range, all-natural, grass-fed, and grass-finished beef. Since 1865, the Hearst family has raised cattle on the rich, sustainable native grasslands of the central California coast. The result is beef with extraordinary flavor that's as memorable and natural as the surrounding landscape. For more information, go to www.hearstranch.com. So today's show, um, it's winter, and it's cold, and we are thinking about the holidays and for holiday gifts. Whether you're like sending something to a friend, or if you're going to a party and there's a host, you know, a hostess gift, or maybe, buying something for yourself, or buying something for yourself, you can treat yourself to to plants. A lot of people don't or, think you can do that, and but receiving can, them as a gift. And what do you do? What do you do? So we wanted to talk about once you have them in your gardening hands. What do you do with them? Yeah,
1: we're talking about like the holiday houseplants. Mm -hmm. The poinsettia, the cyclamen, let's see, the Christmas cactus, Mm -hmm. those bulbs that you get that are so gorgeous. And then what happens... In the middle of January and February, <laughs> when they're not looking so great,
0: yeah. And <laughs> so I'm, today, I, yeah. And we, a lot of people say, please don't give me plants. I always kill them. You know? I have a brown thumb. You know, but I think it's one of the nicest gifts to give. I think yeah. it's. I mean, I do like to bring people wine and flowers, but a house plant will last. Much longer than a cut flower.
1: Yeah, so today's you know? show is going to be, how do you get those plants to not croak and be so pathetic looking? How do you keep them alive mm-hmm. so that next year you can bring them back out and have the same glorious color?
0: So we have to start with the, with the quintessential Christmas plant, which is the poinsettia. And it's, that's the common name. And its botanical name is Euphorbia pulcherima, and it's native to Mexico And it was introduced to the U.S. by a gentleman by the name of Dr. Joel Poinsett in 1825, who was actually the um, U.S. ambassador to Mexico. Yes. And he saw these beautiful bushes blooming in the winter, which is their bloom time. They were hedges in Mexico.
1: And these are the ones that have the huge star-shaped, or it's not a star, it's more like... um, Oh, how do you describe
0: the flower? It's they're red and white, sometimes pink. pink. Everybody knows yeah. them. Uh, some people um, love them, some yeah. people hate them, but they do cheer up, cheer you up for Christmas, mm-hmm. I think, um, and like no other plant. So when they're in bloom, they have these these bright colored bracts in the different colors um, on top of each stem, and a lot of people think that those are actually the flowers, but those are not the flowers at all. Um, the actual flowers are the little yellow. Um, small things in the center of those things, uh, of those bracts, bracts. they're called right. bracts. Um, and they're actually leaves masquerading as petals. Yeah, the flower is pretty insignificant, really. Yeah. And they're the kind of plant that, um, you know, if it's happy, it does really with if, if it's happy and treated well, it lasts a long time. And I remember years ago, when I did lots of interior gardening work at in the holidays, we had to put thousands and thousands of poinsettias of various sizes in lobbies and in people's offices. And sometimes, for some reason, within like a day or two of us bringing them there, they would die. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they're a little bit temperamental. Um, and they also um, have the reputation for being poisonous. And while, like most euphorbias, the sap is a little bit caustic and can cause skin irritation, and it's, you know, poisonous if ingested. Um, they're not as poisonous as some other euphorbias, where right. the sap can actually burn your skin. You'd and have basically to, you'd have to eat the whole yeah, plant, yeah, and which I'd, is a lot of munching. Yeah, <laughs> and it probably tastes awful, you know? yeah, yeah, but you do have to watch for pets, mm-hmm. you know, and for children who don't know any better, and you know they might taste something like that because it looks so bright and colorful, and and they won't feel very well. And
1: the poinsettia is actually also like fun fact about poinsettia. It is in the top five list of houseplants.
0: That are sold. That are sold. Yeah. yeah. In the market. We had um, one Out of, of the, all the houseplants. I know. And there's many thousands of varieties. Um, we had this past spring um, someone who grows what we think is one of the best poinsettia crop in the northeast, um, Greg Kyle from Kyle, Kyle Brothers Bones. on the show. And he... Um, you know fewer and fewer people are actually growing their plants now in the New York region mm-hmm. he actually still grows them mm-hmm. and it really makes a difference um because they are much they're in much better quality when you receive them. You mm-hmm. know, the there is a difference. A poinsettia that let's say you got from a florist, and a florist might have gotten it from this local grower, Kyle Brothers, is such a better quality typically than one that you get at Home Depot for mm-hmm. you know, two or three dollars. So of course the price is much cheaper. Or that's been trucked up from Florida. Yeah, which is know. where they are, yeah. you know. So and you can tell the freshness of the poinsettia by those little yellow flowers if they're fully open that means that the plant is pretty old and it's been in bloom so to speak you know with its bright colored uh bracts for a long time it could be three or four weeks which means it's getting tired it's getting tired (laughs) but if if the central parts uh the yellow sort of flowers are tight then you know that it's fresher so that's one way to look at it and see which means it's going to last longer yeah because you want to get two or three weeks out of it um So let's talk about what they need. Um, It's a native of Mexico. It likes warm conditions. And the ones that we're buying, of course, have been hybridized to to be dwarfed for indoor use. They're not going to let them grow to six feet. They need bright daytime temperatures in the 70s with nights around 55 to 60 degrees. And that's a little bit tricky in your home. Most people's homes don't go down to that. Um, but they do prefer that mm-hmm. um, rather than a hot room all the time. And you want to keep the soil lightly moist but not soggy because their leaves tend to drop if it's too wet. And you also want to avoid rapid fluctuations in temperature. You don't want to put it in a freezing garage and then you know um, bring it inside to a really hot room. Um, you also don't want to fertilize it while it's in flower, and its flower period yeah. is the winter. A lot of people like get their plants... As a, as a gift or they
1: buy them themselves. And then they think, okay, now I've got to fertilize it. What, how do I do it? How much? And that is not the right thing to do when it's in flower. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so hold off. Hold off we'll- for a while. We're going to tell you what you do next. Um, <laughs> now, some people like our grandmothers, uh, like to keep the plant throughout the year because they were thrifty, frugal women. That's right. You know, who reused tinfoil. That's right. (laughs) Folded it up and reused it. And so they would never throw out a poinsettia like Alice and I would. We're (laughs) done with it. We're sick of it. We chop it up and put it in the trash. Yeah. But also Uh for like the
1: decoration, you know, you got to, you got to just get rid of it after a while yeah. because you know yeah. no corporate office interior is going to want that
0: hanging around. No, no. Well, my mom was famous for never, you know, never throwing out a plant. Never, and I would be so mad after Christmas. I'm like, Christmas is done. Get rid of this poinsettia. It looks horrible. So, if you if you want to try and uh, get it to rebloom the next Christmas, you have to do some very specific things.
1: And here's what you do.
0: Firstly, you have to keep soil on the dry side, not too wet. And in the spring, when the outside night temperatures reach about 50, you put it outside in the bright light. And in the summer, you start pinching the new green stems to allow like bushier growth. And you keep doing that. Um, Otherwise, you're going to have like a long, spindly, ugly looking thing. So you pinch and pinch. So that it doesn't look leggy. That's exactly what um, the grower did. He Mm -hmm. started out with one little stemmed poinsettia. And as it grew in his greenhouse, he pinched and pinched. And that's why sometimes you'll get this like little five-inch pot with ten blooms on it. Mm -hmm. So you have to kind of do the same thing. You have to trick the plant into producing more flowers. So you keep on doing this until August. And then in the summer months, that's when you apply the balanced fertilizer. Um, A good one to use is fish emulsion or fish emulsion with seaweed mixture or some kind of dry organic uh, granular fertilizer scratched into the soil. Um, And then if you need to repot it, if you feel like the plant is like drying out too much and it's outgrown, it's pot. You can blend a three-part mixture of one part potting soil, one part coarse sand, and one part peat moss, put in like a tablespoon of organic fertilizer in the pot and repot into that. And then the stems that are cut back or pinched can easily also be propagated and you can make more um, cuttings of the poinsettias and make more little mini poinsettias that you can continue to grow. So here's the really important part. From late September through November, you have to protect the plant from any light after sunset. It must have no light at all during the night. That means 12 hours in total darkness. And it also needs temperatures between 60 and 65 degrees. These plants, like other daylight sensitive plants, bloom in response to shortened daylight hours so that you can fool them into a follow- to flowering on a schedule that you like. Mm-hmm. You know, you're really controlling them. I love that control. <laughs> yeah. So when, when we say no light, literally no, not even a peak or crack or, you know, you have yeah. to literally, it has to... Have, Basement, crawl space. Yeah, no light at all. So for 10 weeks, they need 12 to 14 hours of complete darkness and that's what causes causes them to get those brilliant colors and to start saying, Oh, it's time to bloom because that's what happens in their native habitat, that they have that exact amount, equal amounts of daylight mm-hmm. and night. So with this care, the flowers should start to form by the end of December. Once the buds are sighted, you don't have to worry about the 12-hour darkness rule anymore, and the plant can re-emerge. Some people put the plant in a closet, like Alice said, and and they keep it under control until those buds form, and that's how you can experiment. So if you get a poinsettia this year and you want it and you have a place to recreate the conditions, mm-hmm. try it. Yeah. And and in the meantime, for the
1: summer, just put it outside Mm -hmm. and um, make sure you don't overwater it, but keep it moist. Exactly. So another plant that um, is very uh, popular this time of year um, and also very similar in the light requirements of the poinsettia is the Christmas cactus. Now, this is the toothed leaf cactus that you've all seen that kind of it's usually in a hanging pot um the the leaves are kind of jointed cactus leaves and the flowers like kind of tumble off of it and sort of resemble ornaments i always feel like they resemble ornaments off of these succulent cactus leaves so the um Latin name of the plant is Schlumbergeria and Zygocactus. Um, It's actually a latecomer to the plant exploration party um, uh, of the late 1800s. Um, It was brought to the U.S. in the early 1900s as houseplants were not as desirable as were perennials and trees and shrubs. So um, the houseplant market, as far as plant exploration goes, is is a little later. Um, they grow as epiphytes or semi-terrestrials in Mexico, Central America and Brazil. And they're usually found at higher elevations where the night temperatures are actually low and they, uh,
0: where it drops down to 40 or 50 because of elevation. Yeah. And it's important to know an epiphyte is mm-hmm. something that doesn't really live in soil. It's almost like not, I wouldn't say necessarily parasitic, but it lives onto another organism, yeah. and it gets its nutrients from the air. Exactly. Actually. So when you're seeing it grown in that mixture of soil, it's all, it's kind of an unnatural mm-hmm. thing that they're doing. So they've they've come up with a mixture that is really very specific yes. for that, for that um, and usually means it's very well draining. So don't think, oh, let me give it some dark, rich houseplants or, or compost. Those are not the plants to do that with at right. all. The soil that they like is um, um, a very rich
1: hummus soil with, with good drainage. Mm-hmm. It does like to be kept lightly moist, unlike the cactus exactly. that you're so familiar with and really, really, really high humidity. So if you have a um, humidifier, that will help a lot. Um, you fertilize this plant in late spring throughout August. Um, and you know I would recommend every two weeks with a fish emulsion and a cactus fertilizer. Um, in fall, you want to let these dry out between waterings. You want to stop fertilizing and uh, give them... Bright light, but not hot sun. Because remember, they like the cooler temperatures. Mm -hmm. They're from the mountainous regions. They can stay outdoors until the danger of frost, but nothing below 40 degrees. For blooming, they require cool nights to set their buds after their summer of growth. And night temperatures above 65 um, will actually inhibit the bloom in the fall. So they really like it cool and dark. Um, Daylight like the poinsettia, should be shortened, um, 13 to 15 hours of darkness per day
0: for about six weeks in order to produce their bloom. Yeah. So you really, again, the grower has tricked them. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have great deal of, this is the kind of plant that looks good even out of flower. Yeah. You know, it really looks like a house plant, unlike the poinsettia, which to me is loo- boring. It looks disposable and I yeah. can't wait to get rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Am I not opinionated enough, Alice, about the (laughs) poinsettia? But these are attractive plants. And a lot of times people do want to keep them. And they don't provide these conditions. And they wonder why won't those beautiful... And the flowers are gorgeous. They're fuchsia or hot pink or purple or blood red. They're really dramatic flowers. And they want to reproduce that. And they haven't given them the long period of darkness that they need. And the humidity. Exactly. That's the thing.
1: I mean, I have one right now that i bought a few weeks ago it's in beautiful flower but man it's starting to look
0: sad really sad because i don't have the humidity in yeah. my
1: dry apartment
0: yeah and it's very difficult to reproduce you know yeah. that the consistent humidity the the only room that potentially could do that is a bathroom you know showering right. every day at least the plants get an hour or two of like mm-hmm. incre- you know really intense Moist. humidity right but the rest of the house is really usually pretty dry yeah yeah. Um, so let's go into one one of my favorite uh, flowering plants um, that I feel the opposite about uh, from the poinsettia, which is the cyclamen. <laughs> um, these are really great plants. They're not as utilized as I think they should be. Um, they're kind of fleshy. They're they're brightly colored, and they're actually very cold and cool weather tolerant. Um, usually, you see them planted. Out of doors before the snow, there's like this, you know, sort of sequence. There's the annuals, you know, uh, in some people's gardens. Then there's the mums. <laughs> and unfortunately. The, unfortunately. <laughs> and the cabbages. And then the cabbages. And then after that, in some areas, we've seen cyclamen. Because the cyclamen are actually able to tolerate quite a bit of cold um, before they succumb. And they have really beautiful leaves and their flowers are really interesting. They kind of look like like, an egg, like an egg. They're upside down. Mm -hmm. You know, their leaves are flared. They're really, really cool. Um, The Colors
1: can be really beautiful. Yeah, very
0: bold. And the one that, that people usually use are called Cyclamen persicum, which are native to Greece and Syria. Oh, I'm sorry, Alice. I'm no, that's that's the one that we don't use so much. Oh, outdoors, that's yeah, right. Yeah, because that's the one that's native to Greece and Syria. Oh, that's warmer. Excuse me. Yeah. The cyclamen persicum is the one that you usually see in pots uh, indo- for indoors, right? Yes. Yeah, for warm weather. So um, depending on you know what the winter temperature temperatures are like and the conditions they can last for several months in bloom in people's gardens um they do require temps below 50 at night but warmer during the day so depending on where you are this is a you know a great plant for winter uh for four or five months for four or five months of bloom time like if you're in a moderate climate kind of situation um you want to keep the plant evenly moist at the root base but not soggy and give it some diffuse light just enough to keep the flowers in bloom and not wilt the leaves and this is the kind of plant that will tell you right away that it needs more water it wilts it screams at you. <laughs> yeah, it goes into instant wilt. It just goes, but the, the amazing part of it is that if you do water it, it comes back to life. And I've experimented with this actually <laughs> to see how many times can you wilt a cyclamen before it finally dies on you. Um, One, two, and, oh, th- <laughs> three. Um, well, the reason it can do that is because it actually grows from something called a corm, which is kind of like a tuber. Mm-hmm. And it is an or, underground organism, kind of like what a, Similar to a potato, but not exactly. Um, and it stores moisture. So, mm-hmm. and it stores a lot of energy in there. So that's why you can let it dry out and watch it completely flop over the sides of the pot and then come back. Right. You know? Right rather than a plant that has just a, an extensive root system. Right, cuz it's you know? got like a store like a battery, a storage. Yeah. I house. mean, I've I've tortured plants. That's like one of my hobbies. Um I didn't know if you know that Alice <laughs> just, just to test the hardiness and yeah. um Yeah. and, you know, drought tolerance of plants to see if I can bring them to the edge. <laughs> um and I have killed psych- I've thought I've killed cyclam. I've cut them, you know, I've dried them out, I've cut them and then Nothing in the pot. Pop, here they come. And they come right out with tons of leaves and flowers even. So easier and uh, much less fussy
1: than the Cyclamen persicum from the northern or from the hotter region of Greece and Syria is Cyclamen neapolitanum, which is the winter hardy cyclamen from northern Europe. Oh, I
0: like that name, Alice. This
1: is the one... (laughs) You can have it. <laughs> this is the one that, that you most see in the markets. Mm-hmm. And the one that you see in window boxes and on front stoops and, mm-hmm. you know, um, planted in urns in the middle of your perennial bed to give you some color mm-hmm. throughout the winter. Um, and, and this tuber um, is is the one that's, that's purchased typically in a three to four inch pot. Um, You can let it root outside until November and then bring it indoors for the fall bloom. After the flowers fade, put it back outside and cover it with a leaf mulch. Um, Uncover it in the spring and water only periodically that drains well, in, in a pot that drains well. And then you'll get more use out of it. So we have to take a break and we'll be back in a few minutes. You're listening to We Dig Plants, Heritage Radio Network. welcome back. You're listening to We Dig Plants on the Heritage Radio Network. Today we're talking about all those houseplants that you get for the holidays and what to do with them and how to continue their lifespan instead of thinking them uh, about them as disposable.
0: <laughs> like some of us. <laughs> Bad plant people. So that
1: was actually a song called Houseplants by an artist
0: named Amanen Contract. And I just want to say, I want to shout out to Alice right now. (laughs) If ever you need someone to curate a uh, horticulturally inspired music collection, I think you should hire her because she's awesome. (laughs) Well,
1: I would love to at some point put together a CD of all of our shows and, and the music. So maybe that'll be a winter project. So another very typical winter plant that you see, this is actually a bulb, is the amaryllis. This is a tropical bulb. It has very easy indoor culture. Um, It has amazing, amazing colors. Reds and whites, oranges, super,
0: super dark reds. So dark that they look black. And I just want to say, Alice, that... If you can't grow an amaryllis, yeah. there's something wrong with you. Hang your hat you. up and you, just, you, know, you do have a brown thumb. And I believe in anybody being able to grow anything. But if you can't get an amaryllis... <laughs> yeah, these are really easy. Yeah,
1: the, easy. Thing, the thing that I also really like about amaryllis is they can they tend to be on the gaudy side a little bit. Especially the striped varieties. <laughs> mm-hmm. They can look like candy canes. And, you know, in some decor, that's appropriate.
0: Um, others, it's, it's not. But the colors are... Yeah, fantastic. It's not for the timid. I mean, it's no. uh, it's big. And the flowers are like five or six inches across. Yeah, and on some a lot of drama. Yeah, and some bulbs and like two and a half, three feet tall. And on some bulbs, you get like twelve flowers. Yeah, and so. it's really dramatic when you have,
1: you know, when when you see them, use them as cut flowers on a just an all white table, and yeah. then all of a sudden you see this color, and it's amazing that in the winter we can get this type of color um the amaryllis is a hybrid from a genus called hypestrum, which is the blooming lily of south africa um 150 years of breeding has really led us to what we know as the amaryllis and lucky for us because these like carmen was saying are really big bold flowers you you can't ignore them in a room. I we recommend choosing large solid bulbs That's when, right. when you're shopping for these for these plants you want to make sure that there are no signs of mold on the bulbs mm-hmm. um, because that will indicate a damaged bulb um, and that and then the flowering will will be compromised so you really want a bulb that's solid that's not squishy that's not dry that's not white or blue with
0: mold yeah and the and size matters in this situation <laughs> yes um, it does the bigger the bulb the, the bigger, bigger the flower. flowers and the more flowers so you will pay a little bit more um for the bulbs and i actually i'm always like delayed and not always on time with my blooming and decorating for Christmas and stuff but that's um, what's great yeah about I this. mean because if you plant it let's say around Thanksgiving or even if you forget and you plant it at Christmas you'll have gorgeous blooms for Valentine's Day which mm-hmm. to me is like sometimes a gift that I've gotten for myself I have bought a bulb at Christmas planted it up when I finally had a moment to do it and then it bloom. It takes a while. You have to be patient. It could, you know, it could look like nothing is happening for two or three weeks. Yeah. But then by Valentine's Day, you have velvety gorgeousness. That's non fattening. Yeah.
1: Non-fattening. yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna talk a little bit about um, the process of getting this plant to bloom. Um, if if you are buying the bulbs, um, they like soil that holds a lot of moisture. So think about peat moss or a, a, a similar sort of mix when choosing your soil. And you want to take care not to overwater this because this soil will hold moisture, and that's, that's the beauty of it. They do like good drainage, so make sure the pot can withstand um, uh, the wet soil. But also, as it grows, the height of the stem um the pot needs to be able to withstand that so that it doesn't come toppling over yeah they're Cause w- very top heavy cuz also when that flower emerges boy that's going to add some extra weight as well so you could really topple that that cl- that pot so we recommend a clay pot yeah um, and uh we usually you know put some gravel on the bottom to weight it mm-hmm. um you know i've also seen lots of beautiful flowers laying prostrate on a table because yeah. they haven't been staked up and and the pot can't withhold it and the whole thing yeah, they
0: grow very once they get going once you've broken their dormancy uh-huh. you know we've spoken many times about bulbs and how winter is their dormancy they need that 12 period 12 weeks of dormancy, which which cold provides. For the amaryllis, what the bulb grower has done is he's created dormancy by drying it out. These Mm -hmm. natives of South Africa would go into dormancy during the dry period. And then once the rains came, um, then they would start growing again. And that's exactly what you're doing now. Yeah, let's talk about the process and exactly how to
1: recreate that, that little microcosm of africa in your in Mm -hmm. your closet (laughs) so basically um the soil should be placed only over about half of the bulb Um, And you can either mulch it or like, top dress it with a pea gravel or sand or moss for decoration. And that's really important. Do not bury the bulb like you would a tulip or a daffodil. Right. right. You basically want to just only put the soil halfway up. And this will also, with the the pea gravel and the sand, it will help weight it down. Um, And then you want to water it in really well upon planting. Um, Then you're going to take this pot and this bulb um, and you're going to put it in a very dimly lit environment that is warm and i always use my closet um i'm so I, I leave it in the closet for a few weeks and then i bring it into the light as the leaves begin to emerge i'm going to keep it moist while it's in the closet but not soaked and i will increase the watering as i see the the leaf emerging out of the top of the bulb so then once you bring it out you want to turn the pot to
0: encourage symmetrical growth so that the light hits all yeah that's really important because it's such a tall and and long stem it will it will really be leaning towards the light and it's hard to correct that later it's a thick um tubular you know flower stem stem, and it's it doesn't look attractive after it's been bent so a lot of
1: times what and you'll see them in the market this way and this is why they do this um you you can get stakes Mm -hmm. and get you know put four stakes and kind of create a cage Mm -hmm. with um some twine or some decorative ribbon or something so that should the stem as it's growing start to lean right or left um it's it's going to fall balanced on this cage so that you're not um you know it's not like leaning falling over yeah, and leaning exactly because it's it's difficult to correct after yeah um and they actually like bottom heat as they grow so what I do after the leaves start to emerge and I bring it out of my closet into the light if there's a way to warm the bottom of the pot They love this. So what I do is I set mine on my radiator for a few hours every day, and then I move it to a cooler site. Um, You have to do the light acclimation slowly, and you also have to be aware that if it's too hot or warm too soon when you bring it out, the stems can actually become weak. The bottom heat, while advantageous, can also cause rapid growth, which will produce... Um, A non-strong flower as well. Yeah,
0: very weak and not good
1: coloring and everything. Yeah, so it'll look a little like faded and burnt out, even though it hasn't come into its bloom yet. Yeah. Um, After bloom, after these flowers have faded, you can pinch them off. And after a few days, you want to cut the scape, which is the name for the top of the stem where you've pinched off these flowers. And you'll see some sap run out. That will stop, and the wound will actually heal itself um, and and form over itself. So in this stage, you want to keep it in bright light with warm temperatures, 65 degrees or so, and again, stake the foliage so it doesn't droop. Um, You can fertilize it with an organic compost and a seaweed fertilizer all through the summer. Um, I usually do mine one one time a month. You want to gradually move it into full sun outside you want to keep the roots moist but watch for insects and treat accordingly so you can keep them growing all summer in this way Um, you know kind of put them off to the sides because they're not very good looking. No. Um, but basically the more foliage they produce the stronger your flower production is going to be later yeah. on.
0: And there's an amaryllis in our studio right now Alice that I don't think got the right treatment. No I don't. It's,
1: in <laughs> fact there's a big <laughs> pen stuck in the soil. I'm very
0: disappointed in all you crunchy Heritage Radio Network people. But wait where were we? We're I know. here every week looking we, at it too. We left so. it to die. <laughs> I feel like such
1: a hypocrite. Okay. So towards the end of August, um, you want to apply a low nitrogen fertilizer. And then in September and October, most of these bulbs will lose their foliage because you're going to start to withhold their water. Think Africa. (laughs) You want them to go into their dormancy, which is what they need as part of their cycle. So you can bring them indoors before the first frost. Um, the leafless bulbs can go back into the closet for their dark dormant period, about two months, um, and then as the new um, stem and and scape emerge, you pull them back out and begin the full cycle all over again.
0: Exactly, and they're they're not too difficult to get to rebloom again if you. Yeah. fall. they're not quite as fussy as the uh, poinsettia to try. It. No. If you wanted to try one you know to rebloom rather than buy again that's one that takes up very little space yeah i was gonna say it doesn't take up the real estate that yeah the yeah it takes up now if you you know if you really want I, I said the the amaryllis is really easy to grow now there's something that's even easier to grow alice isn't there yes the paper white narcissus which yeah. is the last one we're going to talk about um And they are basically narcissists. They look just like the daffodil bulbs. Except they're tiny. They're small. And they also have been forced. They've been given a dormant period. Um, and you can find them in the marketplace and and you can grow them in soil or in gravel. Mm-hmm. They're very, very, very tolerant. Um sometimes you see them just ready to pop and they've already sort of been planted to bloom for this time of year, but it's really fun to grow them yourself because mm-hmm. it doesn't take nearly as long as the amaryllis. Um, and it makes you feel really satisfied. <laughs> yeah, exactly. this, um in fact, the practice of forcing bulbs um, has been going on for a really long time. It began in about sixteen eighty two. Um, with this botanist named nehemiah grew that's that's his name grew um, he set bulbs into water and gravel um, to bloom five months earlier than they would have in the ground, and growing them in water breaks their their drought dormancy a lot faster. Mm-hmm. They 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 sense the moisture, and what's really amazing about paper white narcissus is that you can literally see it. If you put them, if you want to get all Martha Stewart and everything, put them in a big glass bowl uh-huh. with the gravel, set them on top, and a little bit more gravel on on top of them, so and you to, can to weigh them down to weigh them down, yeah. and you can see the roots, uh-huh. the white sort of spidery roots coming out really within a. Few days sometimes Mm -hmm. of potting them up. So it's easy and satisfying. Um and you can use a low container. You don't need like a big deep container. They don't get quite as leggy unless the room is really, really hot. So keep them kind of in a cool room and keep them moist. And you can plant a whole bunch together. And in fact, there's some in our studio right now. Yes, Um, they are. And what's wonderful about them? They smell great now. Or, well, smell? some
1: people hate the smell. Yeah,
0: I know someone who hates the smell, and I'm I not, love it. I love them too. My husband says they smell like cat pee. Yeah, so he won't let me um, bring them into the house, but they have a very strong musky kind of scent.
1: Yeah,
0: I love it. Um, and so the, the cool you keep them in, like 60-65 degrees, for about two or three weeks, um, you can really you know keep the bloom going for quite a long time. Um, and then if you keep them in a bright, cool place, they'll they'll stay fresh, you know, kind of like cut flowers. You know, how you, if you keep cut flowers in a cool room, they'll last longer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so they usually send out um, their flower buds first and then the leaves come later. Mm-hmm. So they're very, very easy. Those are usually not worth redoing over the winter, you know, and saving them for next year. It's best to just throw them out and start over again.
1: Yeah, and if you're down. using the water kind of gravel method, what you what you want to do is simply pour the warm water over this gravel. Um, but you don't want to submerge the bulb no. in the water. No. You basically want to keep the water about a half or a quarter inch below the bottom of the bulb. Yes. Because what you're trying to do is get those that, that bulb to reach. You want those roots to reach toward the water mm-hmm. um, and encourage the growth. Um, So the roots will stretch into the water. Um, If you overwater them and the water sits onto the bulb, then they'll rot and be
0: useless. Yeah, that doesn't work.
1: So again, you keep these in a cool, dark place, um, just like the amaryllis in your closet for two to three weeks. And then again, as they start to emerge, slowly bring them out into the light. Um, Pay attention to the the cool temperatures is what you want. You don't want to... You don't want to encourage too much warmth um, because then you'll get a lot of foliage, but not necessarily flowers. A lot of flowers. So. Well, it looks like we've run out of time. Yeah. Um, Let me just mention a couple of other winter holiday plants that Mm -hmm. I love. Clivia eukomis, which is the pineapple lily. It's not a pineapple. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's always citrus. Yes. So think about plants for Christmas. Um, think about them as a way of decorating um, without cutting down a tree. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's a great way to bring um, plants indoors for the holiday season and to remind you of other places and travel so that you're not all cooped up, bored in front of the TV. You know, you can you can garden in your house. It doesn't have to end when you've put the garden to bed because of frost. Exactly. So uh, thanks for listening. We dig plants on the Heritage Radio Network. Thanks to Jack Insley for producing. Thanks to Hearst Ranch and Roberta's Pizza at uh, in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Happy, Happy gardening. gardening.